Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Enjoy a tall, cool dude. What is this? What, what are we doing? What in God's name are we doing? What? Our lives. What, what kind of lives are these? We're like children. We're not men. No, we're not. We're not men. It's the nightcap. Are we going to be sitting here when we're 60 like two idiots? We should be having dinner with our sons when we're 60. We're pathetic. You know that? Yeah, like I don't know that I'm pathetic. On WGR Sports Radio 550. So then you asked yourselves, isn't there something more to life? Yes. Yeah, well, let me clue you in on something. There isn't. Adding to that update just now, the NHL releasing their COVID protocols list uh, in the last 15 minutes here. And there are two additional Sabres on the list in Brandon Montour and Tobias Reeder. That brings the Sabres total to four. Three additional Devils on their list. New Jersey is now at 17 total. If you want more on how ridiculous... It was that the Sabres and Devils played those games this past weekend. I know Paul Hamilton's got a piece up on our website at WGR550.com, basically calling out the NHL. Brendan Keeney, Joe DiBiase here on the Nightcap. Did you see John Vogel earlier on social media? Today or yesterday? Today, with his email exchange with NHL Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly. I did not. So, John goes back and forth with Bill Daly. Nothing, you know... Nothing, uh, you know, mean-spirited. But he basically asks why... I'll bring it up here in a second. Here we go. Uh, If concerns were voiced about Sunday's game between the Sabres and Devils, why was the game played? Bill Daly's response was simply, no concerns were expressed on Sunday's game. So, essentially... Like, there's more to it after that, but uh, on other subjects. Essentially, Bill Daly, the league, is calling the Sabres liars because it was out there that the Sabres were furious about this and they had asked for additional information this past weekend about the Devils and they received none and now here's Bill Daly out here saying well no they didn't so it's probably just the NHL covering their tracks taking no accountability like they generally do not in situations like this where they can be criticized even though they did something wrong it made me think of something that is a completely different subject. Do you ever see the 30 for 30 uh, on uh, John Spanos, the Islanders owner? No. 
the almost Islanders owner. Okay. Middle class. It's it's my it might be my favorite thirty for thirty just because the concept is so wild and I didn't know about it at the time. A, a middle class businessman from Texas buys the New York Islanders with completely fraudulent documents. Like he had no money, but fraudulent documents from banks and whatnot, and he had relationships with people in high places, and he turned all of that into controlling the Islanders for over a month. And there's Gary Bettman in the documentary, like, oh, he didn't really have control. Like, eh, he, we would have never let him get away with it, you know? But didn't you kind of? They, right, they let him <laughs> get away with it. But here's Bettman just sitting here in front of the television saying, no, it didn't happen. Just completely and, gaslighting yeah. the whole situation. And this is what this is to me. This is the Sabres expressed concerns about the game. They wanted more information, at the very least. And here's Bill Daly shaking his head, no. No, they didn't. My thing about that response is... Do you should you need a team to raise concerns? You have the stats. Shouldn't a another player being added or more players being added to the COVID list or one player being avid, added to the COVID list be a concern in and of itself? Why would the NHL need a team to express that concern? They shouldn't. It's it's ridiculous that so even if the Sabres lied, which I don't believe, I well the Sabres also would... didn't say that it was reported, but okay. it's not, it's not out true. there officially anywhere. That That's true. They were furious, you know. So even if that wasn't true, the Sabres weren't actually furious, and I have no reason to believe that that wouldn't be the case because I've seen the report from several different people. And it's just logical. Of course they would be furious. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> of course. But what? What do you mean there were no alarms raised? Isn't the presence of COVID on a team an alarm in and of itself? Here, they will not admit anything. Anything. And that goes back to head hits. That's the number one thing. Really, if you look back, that's the number one thing. Gary Bettman refusing to admit there's a correlation between hits to the head and concussions. I mean, that's all you need to know about the top of the league. Because Vogel's conversation there via email with bill daly he then goes on john asks the cdc and nfl study has shown there was no in-game transmission in football of covid19 was that the nhl's belief for hockey as well and given the situation facing the sabers and devils is that still the belief and daly says we have no definitive evidence of cross-team transmission we aren't ruling it out and we will adjust as necessary and appropriate he's not listen what more data do you need? You don't have definitive evidence. Maybe it's not 100% lock, seal, and solid, you know? But 99%, you can look at it and say, hmm, 17 devils on the COVID list. They just played the Sabres. Hmm, the Sabres had no cases. Boom, there's four guys on the list. Oh, gee, I wonder how that happened. Even if you <laughs> want to arrive to the conclusion that the devils didn't give the Sabres COVID and that the Sabres had a completely separate outbreak from the Devils, the way it was handled was poor regardless. Like, just because, even if that's what you're going to say, which I still think is kind of absurd, is that we have no evidence that this was cross-contamination. It's still bad practice, even if it wasn't cross-contamination. Yeah. 
It's a crazy situation. Paul actually just posted another article on our website at WGR550.com on Montour and Reader being placed on the COVID list. We will not see the Sabres for eight days. They will play next Thursday against the Washington Capitals. We will, of course, continue to monitor uh, the COVID list. It's all we can really watch for. They're not going to be practicing. They are basically in lockdown uh, for the foreseeable future, at least through February 8th. So hopefully it doesn't get further than these four players, but the way this has gone with other teams in the league, the Stars had a bunch of guys, and it just kind of kept rolling in. It just kept rolling in day after day. You had new, you had new people being put on the COVID protocols list. Uh, the Devils have been going through that since last week. Mackenzie Blackwood, then to Travis Zajac, and boom, within five days, you got 17 players on that list. So we'll keep an eye on it. Um, again, 8030550 is the phone number. Plenty of football on today's show. The Super Bowl is now four days away, and I am alarmed by the amount of people, the amount of Bills fans specifically, that are, one, either saying they're not going to watch the game, which, come on, you if you're a football fan, you're watching this game, and two, are saying that they don't know who to root for or they're not rooting for either team. That's fine, actually, if you don't root for either team. You're just watching the game to see, you know, the highest level of the sport. I can do that. Like, I do that a lot in other sports. Like, I'll watch, you know, boxing or UFC or NBA, uh, soccer, when it's, like, the best and the best going at it. Like, I'm just there to see, like, what the highest level of that sport is. But to say that these two should be equal, like, what, what do you say to that? Because to me, it shouldn't be close. I know that it's Brady on a different team. It's not the Patriots. Had it been the Patriots with Tom Brady, I'm sure this would be a lot easier for Bills fans to decide who they want to root for if they, if you had to pick a team. I currently despise both teams, and I don't. What Tom Brady did to me personally for 20 years was really nasty and mean. He he pretty much he ruined our he childhood. Ruined my, Bills fans. <laughs> ruined my childhood. Yeah. Um, you know, I, See, I t- hate, I, I dislike him less now that he's on Tampa Bay he, and the fact yeah. that him being away from the Patriots and the Patriots now playing poorly and it's somewhat answering the question of who is most responsible for the Patriots dynasty, Belichick or Brady makes me feel a lot better about where the Patriots are because they looked bad this year. They were just good enough to not get a high draft pick, yep. and there's really no light at the end of the tunnel in sight unless they make a crazy move. So I I dislike Tom Brady less than I did just a year ago. But the Chiefs are like the Bills' new rival. And for someone who's never really liked the Chiefs to begin with, mm-hmm. I don't know why. It's just you know how it happens sometimes. There's just some teams mm-hmm. that they just rub you the wrong way. It doesn't matter. Okay. They never did anything you know to your team or whatever. Maybe it was all those heartbreaking losses for years in a row that yeah. came at like they the midpoint of the season. Yeah, because they were like what the second best team in each division. Yeah. But the Chiefs being the Bills' new rival is. Like, I just don't. I don't. I just don't like them, man. And they're not a very likable team. They're not a very likable team. I'm not saying Mahomes isn't likable. Yeah. I'm just saying the team, the franchise as a whole, it's very difficult for me to like them. And maybe if they win two Super Bowls in a row, will make them complacent enough where they yeah. just kind of have a Super Bowl hangover and aren't very good next year. I I think as good. I think it it could change for me if they win, because that happens rapidly. 
if if the team starts winning too much, it's like, okay, I don't want to hear from you anymore. Sick of them. Like, you're going to be coming back over and over. The but I'm going to be rooting for the new kids on the block. The Warriors. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The Warriors the is a Yankees. little different because of the Durant factor in that. Because I enjoyed Golden State before they got Durant. Like, they were breaking the sport. Now, I also started rooting for LeBron. That's a whole. The NBA is crazy like that, though, where you almost root for individuals over players. So, it's a good example. And... I think a little of that is going on with Kansas City. If the Bills had not be, been thrown in this equation, it would be even it would be of course even easier for me. Right. Because I like watching a team in a league break the sport. Like that's what the Warriors did, and I feel like there is some of that going on with Kansas City. They're breaking the sport. They are making other teams, you're hearing it all over the country right now. Teams are making quarterback decisions with the Chiefs in mind that they can't just keep going with the status quo. That they have got to take a shot because they can't beat that guy. Right. They can't beat 15 with the guy that they currently have in place, even though he might be pretty good. You need just a so much higher level of offense. Derek Carr is a perfect that. example. Exactly. That it's like Derek Carr is good, but we got to do something else. Like we let's go chase Deshaun Watson because I don't think we can beat them, and I think that's realistic to sit there and think that. I think other than honestly, the Bills and. I think the Texans, like this is why if I were the Texans, I would let Deshaun Watson sit out because I think I have one of two quarterbacks in the entire conference that can go toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes. I have my hands on him. I'm going to do everything I can to salvage that relationship. I am not the Houston Texans, though. They have a they have a non-football guy maybe running the organization. There's a lot of weird stuff going on in the Houston front office. They probably don't operate right now like a normal front office. So... They're a different, unique situation. The Bills, I think, will be a rival of the Chiefs. I don't quite feel it yet, though. I don't feel those juices aren't running through me yet. Like, yet, I, I put it this way last night, that I still have that hate for Brady. I do. It drives me. I wanted the Bills to play Brady in the Super Bowl. Like, that was the storybook ending. Why? It's because, yeah, he ruined my childhood as a Bills fan. He did. Like, the Bills did it, too. You know, they did a lot to themselves. Drafting the wrong quarterbacks, not taking quarterbacks, making Marv Levy their GM like in his 80s. Like, they did a lot of stuff in the last 20 years that contributed to them being in a 17-year playoff drought. But starting 0-2 every year because of Tom Brady is another factor towards that. And I don't want to see him have the ability to go out on top. I don't know that he'll quit on Sunday. In fact, he probably won't. But... I don't want to give him any opportunity to go out on top like that. I want him to lose every year going forward. Like I want him I want him to have it in his head that yeah, I needed Belichick. Like I want that resentment between think, the two. Isn't that already for, gone though? For history. Isn't that gone? The guy I don't just know. the guy just made the Super Bowl with the I know a, a 5 seed. But if you're him, wouldn't you wouldn't you be missing it a little bit? Like what do, he clearly left wanting to get a Super Bowl somewhere else. Like, that was enough motivation for him to do that. And if he doesn't get it, I know he made it there, and he might prove enough that, like, it wasn't just Belichick. And I, But I think that ring, that extra ring, would go a long way for him personally. I think he wants it, and I think he wants it bad, and I want to deny him that. And I don't think... And there's another part of this for me personally that my, everybody might not think. In fact, maybe a lot of you haven't thought this. And... Maybe I'll change my mind in a year. I kind of want Patrick Mahomes to overtake him as the best quarterback of all time. 
I already think he is. I, I judge that from a very different level than others. I take who played the sport at the highest level right. ever. And I'm yeah, almost the, always going to declare that that's the best guy of all time. The greatest and best conversation and the right. difference between the two, yes. Right. And I think Mahomes right now is playing the sport at a higher level than anybody else ever has. And to me, there would be nothing sweeter for me than Tom Brady having to end his career in the next couple of years losing to Patrick Mahomes, knowing that, yeah, I've got six, but here comes this guy. And like Mahomes I, would, wouldn't Mahomes be the youngest to do it? Two Mahomes Super Bowls? would be the youngest to do it. He'd be the first since Brady to win back-to-back. Like, I want Brady to have it in his head, like, this guy's coming for my legacy. Like, I might be the GOAT right now, but I'm not going to be the GOAT for long. I want him to feel that. <laughs> I hate Tom Brady. That's how much I hate Tom Brady. I, and I feel I, that. I don't care enough about the Chiefs being mean to the Bills one game, even though it was the AFC Championship game. It doesn't outweigh the 20 years of buildup that I have for hating number 12. That's my argument. Know what it might be for me, Joe, because I really dislike both teams, if I haven't made that clear. You obviously cannot stand Brady, and you don't want the Buccaneers to win. It might be one of those things where I'll start watching it, and then all of a sudden I'll be reacting to plays, and I don't know why. It'll just be like an instinct on who I'm going to root for. You ever get that? Like You'll watch two hated teams, like, oh, the Maple Leafs are playing the Flyers. And then the, the the Flyers score, and you're like, yes. And then you're like, why did I just do that? You know, like, just kind of out of nowhere, your instincts take over. Yeah. Because I don't like either team. I think you can make a very good argument for why Bills fans should root for either one. Or, even better yet, root for neither. And then just hope it's a really fun game and entertaining. Mm-hmm. Because what else am I going to be doing? That's what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be watching the Super Bowl, because that's what we do. Yeah. That's where I think I'll end up getting. It's just, it's Brady and Mahomes. Like, this is... It's a cool storyline. I'll yeah. give it that. It's one of the best quarterback matchups. If you take your personal biases out right. of it, it's one of the best quarterback matchups ever in the Super Bowl. Maybe the best. It might be the best. It's the guy who we all think could become the best ever versus the best ever. Right. Who is still playing at a high level at a ridiculous age. And he wants to play till past 45? Get out of here with that. I mean, I'm not going <laughs> to say he can't do it because there's still some zip on his ball. It, it doesn't quite look it doesn't quite look like even Roethlisberger. Like, Roethlisberger put numbers up this year, but you could just tell. You could easily tell that it wasn't there. Breeze. Breeze for the last two, three right. years. Breeze's has arm put, strength was tangibly yeah, bad this th- year. That's maybe the best example. Everything now is short. Brady's throwing the ball, and he's throwing it deep. Right. And... I don't want to. I don't want to rule out that he could play three more seasons after this year. As crazy as that sounds, he'll he'll go through free agency again if that happens. By the way, you know what's bizarre about the guy though? Like they they showed a side by uh, somewhere on social media. I don't know who put it up. It was a side by side picture of Brady at his first media day for Super Bowl. Yeah, his second. He looks younger now. He doesn't even look like the same person. He looks like a goof. He looks back then. thinner yeah. and younger right now than he did then. It's bizarre, man. It's are bizarre. We, are we sure we even looked into that doctor, not doctor of his enough? <laughs> like, I don't know. Can't, You're going down the track of speculation. I mean, he has I'm never not following had, you. He's never had strawberries in his life, so maybe maybe he does eat that. Is that true? Day. He's never had strawberries? He's never had a strawberry. Unless, I think he maybe did it on late night TV, like recently, because he had never done it. He's crazy. Um, So maybe he's had one on late night television because of that, but otherwise he's never had a strawberry in his life. I saw someone say after uh, Brady lost to the Eagles that he was going to go home and rage eat an almond, and I thought that was really funny. 
<laughs> That's almost as crazy as Al Michaels, by the way, saying he's never had vegetables. Any vegetable. Yeah. Ever. That was almost not believable. Right. But if if anyone were to do that, I feel like Al Michaels might be a good bet. Like, he's going to have steak and mashed potatoes. Or Howard Simon. I need those green beans on the side. Howard's got some weird food stuff, too. <laughs> um, all right, there's more news in on the Sabres that I should get to you right here. Uh, Darren or Bob McKenzie. Bob McKenzie of TSN said on NBCSN for their intermission report for Red Wings and Lightning, which is going on right now. McKenzie says the Sabres players and staff are in quarantine until Monday, and the Sabres believe playing New Jersey led to them led to them shutting down their season so they believe there is transmission on the ice. The Sabres went to the NHLPA before Sunday's game with their concerns. Bill Daly, the NHL's deputy commissioner, says no concerns were expressed to the league. I find it very, very hard to believe that the Players Association would not have contacted the league about that situation if the Sabres had expressed concerns. So, some there is a there's a line missing here. Sabres went to the PA. The NHL saying no one came to them. So, now it becomes, well did the PA tell the NHL now the NHL is lying about it or did the PA not go to the league with it? Someone is at is at big fault here. I don't know who it is. We there's no way to tell who it is right now. I'm, Once again, I, I don't blame either of the teams unless the Devils, unless it comes out that they were negligent like in their approach in their approach to like yep. safety protocols. I can't blame either of the teams. You do what you're told, right? Yeah. What what a tire fire! What a disaster! The whole situation. You saw Minnesota's having an outbreak too, right? Minnesota's got some guys on there. Um, like six. Dallas or something? had a couple more. Andre Andre Sakara was placed on the list. Like they're Sakura. getting they're getting into the point. It's not baseball. You can't do double headers. Yeah, you can't. You're getting to the point where you're either gonna have to start like playing back to back to back games, or you're just gonna have to extend the timeline of the season. Or just do better with postponing games when are they, they beyond come that up. though? Are they beyond it? Like what? What How happens if the Sabers keep their COVID cases keep coming in periodically, and then all of a sudden that leads to eventually they have to shut the league down for a week, like entirely. Like maybe that's inevitable. If you can't get it under control, you gotta shut it down and then restart. There's no, there's no other, there's no other option. You can't just let it go all season. I just don't I don't I don't get it. It just seems there, like an obvious decision could have been made this week to prevent it. And the fact that it wasn't even it at least it doesn't even sound like it was discussed in any capacity. Yeah. And that the league had no interest in discussing it. It's just bizarre. I'm trying to remember who the player was, but one of the players from the World Juniors like they're This is not this is like this is serious health concerns. Marco Rossi? Marco Rossi, thank you. I was searching for the player. World Juniors, he got COVID-19. Mm-hmm. He's still not even back skating. Right. Like, he's had it that bad. Like, this is a serious issue. I mean, and uh, Eduardo Rodriguez... taking it this lightly is... It's, 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 it's ridiculous. Yeah. Eduardo no Rodriguez, pitcher for the Red Sox, had to be shut down the whole season. Yeah. And myocarditis. So did uh, Bill's tight end Tommy Sweeney. Yeah, Tommy Sweeney. I mean... The Minnesota Wild would be postponed through at least February 9th, so they're now in a seven-day shutdown as well. I'd really 13. love, I'd really appreciate all the people who say, "Oh, it doesn't affect younger in you know in shape people." 
Yeah. Well, we can just stop talking about. We can stop with that narrative. Yeah. So the Devils, Sabers, Wild, now all in seven day shutdowns. If there's any more news on this, we'll pass it along. I want to get back into the Bills and their chase of the Chiefs, which is kind of the way I'm thinking about this off season. And if I want to circle back to the running back conversation in a way without directly talking about running back, um, I want to do that because I've got I've got a new number one need for the Bills in the offseason. I started to get into it a little bit last night, and I want to expand on it more uh, when we come back. Plus, your calls on who you should be rooting for in this game, Tampa Bay or Kansas City. Let us know at 803-0550. It's the Nightcap with Joe DiBiase and Brendan Keeney. This is WG. You know, you think back to, obviously, Brian Dable coming back. I don't know how they pulled that one off, but Brian Dable coming back, this is going to be a team that you kind of already have shown four wide receiver stats. Like, we can do that. Like, we're going to put four wide outs on the field, and we're going to beat you. Well, teams are going to have an answer for that next year. They're going to, you know, well, okay, you're going to do four wide receivers. Here's how I'm going to adapt. We'll, so, you know, see what they do is they go three wide receivers and put Etienne in the slot. You know what I mean? And, and we'll put them out wide. You know, do honestly, I think I could see him becoming a guy that did a lot of things like the Steelers did with Le'Veon Bell back in the day. John Ledyard of the Pewter Report with Chopin the Bulldog earlier today. Travis Etienne will likely be the first name, maybe, that pops up for my biggest need that I would like to see the Bills now fill for next season. And it's in the light of chasing the Chiefs and having that offensive mindset of we're going to outscore them. We know we can't defend them. We'll, of course, try to get better on the defensive side of the football, try to find an elite pass rusher somewhere, somehow, maybe in free agency. Um, maybe you spend your first-round pick on that. But I would like – what I want to see the Bills end up with this offseason is the closest – you're not going to get the same player, of course, at this level. But find me the closest thing I could get to Tyreek Hill. <laughs> the Bills right now, I'm not sure. I'm actually pretty darn sure. They don't have a single player on the team that when they catch the football either at the line of scrimmage or 10 yards down the field, they don't have a single player that I think has game-breaker ability to take it to the end zone on any given play. Like, Diggs is good at it, but I don't think of Stephon Diggs as he's going to make six people miss on his way to the end zone. He's going to get wide open. He's going to burn you away from the football, and then he's pretty good. The rest of it. Same with Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley's not a guy that's going to make you miss six times on his way to the end zone. In fact, the closest thing they might have to that is Isaiah McKenzie. And he's kind of like Devin Singletary to me in that they can miss, they can make five guys miss, but they don't really have the speed to, to outrun defensive backs on their way to the end zone. Who's the closest guy they could get to Tyreek Hill? Where they throw him a screen or they throw him a slant over the middle and he could take it 70 yards. The Chiefs have multiple guys like that. We saw both of them making big plays against the Bills. Nicole Hardman on a, a reverse run for 50 yards in the first half, and then Hill with his 70-plus yard catch in the second half, which was almost all yards after the catch. So that could be Travis Etienne. I'm not I'm not going to lie. Like I hate the running back idea in the first round, but he would satisfy that requirement. I like the what you just threw out there, the concept of a specific thing you want without really naming a player or a position. I know you said Tyreek Hill is obviously a wide receiver, but sure. the concept of yards after catch increasing the speed you have on the offensive side of the football, I th to me that makes a lot of sense. I mean, you're right. Hardman 
and Hill wreaked havoc on the Bills' defense. And they do to every defense. There's a reason Tyreek Hill's considered one of the best receivers in the league. Can you find a guy who compares to Tyreek Hill with that skill set? Probably not, because there's really only one Tyreek Hill. But I do like the idea of maybe taking a chance on someone who has, like, 4-2-9 speed. Yeah. There, there are guys in the draft like that. These are just names that I have very lightly poked around into. Like, I have not done film analysis on these guys. I've basically looked up their names, tried to find out who got, which guys are fast and that are projected to go, like, end of the first round, early second round. There are two receivers in the draft that are names that I, you might want to keep an eye on. Rondell Moore is a receiver from Purdue that is blazing fast. He's only he's small. He's only 5'9". But, again, I don't really care about size at this point. He I, was very highly recruited coming into uh, college. Yep. And then Kadarius Tony out of Florida, 5'11". Yep. He's a little smaller, too, and he's got good speed. He might not have quite the speed that Moore does. Um, but those are just two names that they could look for in the draft. ETN is the bigger guy, uh, the bigger name, at least from the running back position, for this. And that's that's a whole other different idea. He would line up at receiver, I'm sure, a lot, Yeah, given his skill set. Even maybe as much as any running back in football. I know McCaffrey, Kamara, they normally lead the way in percentage of snaps lined up at wide receiver from the running back position. They're generally at around 20%. It's not a very high number, but I could see ETN landing at around that same number if the Bills were to draft him. Like He, he plays receiver 20% of the time. And the fact that Ledyard compared him, or at least said the Bills should use or a team should use that Bell. him like Le'Veon Bell that gets me very interested gets me excited yeah. about it do I want them to take a running back I'm getting closer warming up to the idea because let's be honest there's been kind of a stigma attached to drafting running backs that high for about a decade now I would yep. say mostly yep. right other teams probably figured it out before the rest but it's become like a lead wide thing except lead- in the NFC East yeah, <laughs> weirdly. Um, so I, I if they drafted ETN at thirty, I would not be bothered, especially if he shows out and runs like in the four threes. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean that's what Jonathan Taylor did. He ran yeah. like a four three nine, and he had a very good season. He did. Kind of carried. He doesn't. He kind of carried the Colts the last uh, several weeks of the season. And ETN gives you another layer of his game because Taylor is not a good pass catching running back. Right. He barely did it at Wisconsin. He was okay at it with the Colts. He was awful against the Bills with those couple of drops. Yeah. Um. But he was better than that Bills game throughout the season. But ETN is way like way more dynamic of a pass catcher. Like running routes down the field, he looks like a wide receiver when you watch him. That's what I was looking for. The only. Things I've watched on ETN so far, I'm trying to find him lining up at receiver, like running routes, or running routes out of the backfield. And he looks like he has all the ability in the world for that position. And this is typically not something that's, that's easily found in free agency. Like this, is general, this is a young man's game when you're talking about yards after the catch, like a guy that can take it to the house on any given play. Right. There are a couple names in free agency – and the biggest name for this probably is Curtis Samuel from Carolina, and that would not be super expensive, I would imagine. It would not be cheap. Eight, nine, ten million dollar range. I think maybe. it would pretty much replace John Brown. Basically, would be my guess. Which, by the way, I'm okay with, because I would rather have a Curtis Samuel type receiver than John Brown. And I'm not even yet factoring in the fact that he's seven years younger. Right. So I like that idea. Take John Brown's money, give it to Curtis Samuel. Um, if that's 
and for Samuel, th- this is becoming a landing spot where receivers would want to go. Yes. Diggs and Brown and Beasley, they all came here and their market value shot up from the Bills' offense. So I could see Samuel actually being very intrigued uh, with this team. I And he might. And the Panther connection. I was going to say, he might even go back to Sean McDermott. He's 25 years old, but he's been around for a couple of years. Maybe he just misses uh, McDermott. He does. His first year was 2017, so right. he j- just missed McDermott. Um, but sure, there's the Carolina connection if you want it. Will Fuller might be the next closest name I get to for this. He's more of a vertical threat down the field, but he, to me, would be he would be your best yards after the catch receiver should he come in. But not as good an idea as Samuel to me. There is a ton of injury concern with him. And he'd be more expensive. And he'd be more expensive. And he's suspended for week one for a carryover from that PED suspension right. that he had. So Fuller's not my favorite idea. Samuel will be my favorite in free agency. Um that's really about it, though. It's a lot of other veterans, the big body guys that you, I wouldn't really want them to go near. But that that's where I'm at. That That's what I want to see them add. What's the closest thing I could find to Tyreek Hill? He's so unique. He is so he is. unique. It's just it's, it's funny because I watched him before he got in trouble in school when he played for Oklahoma State. And he, I had never heard of him before the game, and I watched him play, and I said to myself, I, I remember it very vividly, it's like, that's one of the best college football players I've ever seen. Yeah. Tyreek Hill. He was just so much more athletic than everyone on the field. He really does look like, it's just the whole, he is the fastest man by far on a field of the fastest men like in the world, <laughs> which is pretty crazy. Um, real quick, last thing on this, I mentioned those two names, Rondell Moore and Kadarius Tony, who are kind of projected for late first, early second round. Does that intrigue you? Does that scare you away? The idea of the Bills taking a wide receiver in the first round, given they're already pretty strong at the position? I really like the idea of Rondell Moore. Uh, I he single handedly almost beat Ohio State a couple years ago uh, with Purdue. Electric player with the ball in his hands. I don't want. The idea of taking a receiver who's just like a one-dimensional, I don't want to even say one-dimensional. I don't want to take a receiver just to take a receiver because we think okay. we need another one. So but, like Terrence Marshall is the 20th ranked receiver or 20th ranked player uh, by the Draft Network, and this is a bigger body player, like six foot four, uh, estimated 40 time, like four five eight. Like that, that we're not just drafting a guy like that just to draft no, a position. I see no, I, I want a guy like Moore who you can use in a lot of different ways, who is phenomenal with the ball in his hand. Like you're saying, Yak. And I think ETN fits that mold. I think Rondale Moore fits that mold. You can kind of line them up in different spots. Um, yeah, I, re- I like those ideas. Are, so are you completely uh, turned away from the idea of defense at this point? I'm getting there. If, if I they, am as well. If they do anything, like I, I would be fine with them doing pass rush. Because I want to okay. try to find that franchise pass rusher. But the likelihood of you f- – I almost would rather do that with the veteran route. Like, they'll have yes. enough money for probably one big free agent acquisition. And I think I would prefer the pass rush idea come from that that vessel, free agency, instead of the draft. And maybe part of that is recency bias. Like, A.J. Epinesa was just drafted with a second-round pick, their first pick of that draft. And I- I'm not writing him off or anything, but I might be writing him off as a dynamic franchise-changing pass rusher. 
I don't think he was ever going to be that. Right. I mean, there's a reason he slipped to the second round, at late right. second round as it was. So I, I don't know. I think you're taking a lottery ticket at 30 to get that player. That's a position that goes high when those guys are that good. Right. So it's not my favorite idea anymore. I, there are names in free agency I think I would rather go there. Or even trade. Like Von Miller, he might mm-hmm. be a free agent, or the Broncos might try to trade him away. Um, if that's the guy, I would want to be paying pretty cheap because he's 32 years old already. Mm. Um, but like the next, the next big name pass rusher that comes available, like that's where I want the Bills to be putting some of their chips down. The so I am turned away. My my my, my yeah. long answer is I am turned away from the Bills drafting defense in the first round. I agree, and we kind of talked about it last week. But if you want to get a guy who gets you closer to the Chiefs and makes you better this year. A playmaker on offense might be your only option. I'm not going to – if they were to take – if the Bills took a defensive end at 30, I would not go into the season thinking that that player is going to be an immediate impact. Or even start. Right, and you know, <laughs> and you know how the how McBean work with with rookies very very slow, easing yeah. them into the process, right? And if you want a guy who day one contributes, it might be one of those guys like Moore or Etn. So if that's what you're looking for, and you're and you know your window is, uh, you know, yeah, your wait. window's open. Who helps me win right now? Right. Super Bowl windows open right now. Who helps me win the most? And I think I'm getting to those offensive players yes. a lot quicker. That is the cl- that you made that case for why they should pick a running back a couple weeks ago, or why I shouldn't rule it out. And that is the only thing that's keeping me from just out outright declaring running back a dead idea to me for something I would like to see them do. It is part of that Super Bowl window that I've never seen them be in. Like maybe. That makes some sense that now it's okay to pick a running back at the end of the first round because they enter the league in their primes. They do. Running backs' primes are rookie year through year five. Like, even the greats. Like, they hit age 28, 29. You want to be selling there. I sold Alvin Kamara in a fantasy league today because he's 26. And I was either going to be able to keep him or Antonio Gibson. So I'm like, all right, do I want Gibson and two more first-round picks or do I want Kamara? Because it's it's like you're getting six years of – or seven years of Gibson versus three more of Kamara. Right. Like at some point, I think those guys hit a wall. And you want – basically, like you want to get them in right away. And they're contributors right away. And you know if they're good right away. I'm also – Okay, the, the Bills are in a like like you kind of said, the Bills are in a position we've never really been in where we see a very obvious Super Bowl window. So I am more okay with them taking um I guess unconventional routes or yeah. what I would typically think is a smart way of doing things where you're trying to build an entire roster, build up an organization. They're no longer doing that. The hard work has been done. You're trying to find pieces that put them over the edge. If yeah. this team was the New York Giants and had the second pick in the draft, I would be completely against them taking Saquon Barkley. Just, but they did it. Yeah. So if ETN was as high of a, you know, as, as highly touted as Barkley, I would be against the Bills doing that because 
They'd be the second pick, and running backs don't mean that much at that stage of your franchise. But right now, we're talking about all the hard work, all the legwork, all the roster building being pretty much done. It's now finding those extra pieces to get you over the edge, and I'm really starting to warm up to the idea of an ETN or a Rondell Moore or a Najee Harris being a piece that can get you over that hump. All it takes is maybe a couple plays here and there. What if Singletary catches that ball on third and yeah. three or third and six or whatever it was, and he had you know open space, 15 to 20 yards of open space in front of him? Does the game look different? Maybe. It does for at least a little while longer. So if you can start getting capitalizing on those plays mm -hmm. with better players, then you get closer. I just did a bad thing. Uh, what I did you do? I just a mock draft. I just, no, I just played the revisionist history game. Uh oh. Uh, I looked at last year's draft. I don't think Ed Oliver's not a bust, so I never looked at like okay, who went after him? Mm. The you know the next two pass rushers drafted in the first round after Ed Oliver were not necessarily like superstar names. Like if you're out there listening, you may never heard of these guys. But I think like hardcore football fans will know these names and will think that's a that's give, one give of the, the up and coming pass rushers. Uh, Florida State and Mississippi State. So uh, Miss uh, Florida State would have been uh, Burns, Brian Burns. That's Florida State is Brian Burns of Carolina, and Missis who is a beast. Mississippi State, Jeffrey Simmons, Montez Sweat, Montez Sweat. Okay, Simmons was in that draft too, right? Simmons was in that draft uh, a little bit lower. Burns or Montez Sweat, though. Sweat, yeah. I don't know. All right, I'm not going to play the revisionist history. Don't. Ed Oliver's fine. He's fine. He's fine. Probably want more from him next year, but he's fine. 803-0550 is the phone number. One quick segment when we come back. Joe DiBiase and Brendan Keeney here on WGR. Last call on the nightcap, Joe DiBiase, Brendan Keeney. Quickly, are you excited for NCAA college football? I'm not a huge video games guy, but yes. I'll, I'll, I would consider... Are you going to buy it? Uh, By the I, way, I just want to mooch off my friends' game systems. Did you see what the head of EA said about it? No. He said, we look forward... His sentence was, we look forward to sharing our developments on the franchise before we release it in the coming years the coming years yeah it's supposed to it's not supposed to be soon three years four years are we talking here i thought i saw so, i could be How completely wrong i thought game? i saw somewhere like 2022 i mean really maybe it should come as no surprise ea hasn't made a new video game really in like 10 years because they just keep recycling madden and nhl mm. as the same game over and over with different rosters so I'm excited. I like NCAA. Like I, that was one of my favorite video games. Was NCAA football? It was always every like all my friends' favorites growing up, but I was never into it. Why? I was never a college football guy. Oh, that's and right. And I just thought the numbers were stupid. I didn't really understand amateurism at the, at the beginning of my life. So I, I'm like, why are they number 19? Like I know who this player is. Like so I what's, said, what, what's, uh, like I said yesterday on social media, I want like the full experience of NCAA sports, though. Like, if you're going to come out Mascot with a mode. new game, 
I'm talking like you should be able to illegally pay for players <laughs> and just like roll the dice with a sanction. You should have to like go through the yes. player's daily life. Like if you're if you do like a, an individual player and you want to take them through their college career, you should have to go to class or try to get your coach to, you know, be mad at an English teacher who's not passing you or something. Yeah. Like the full experience. Um, all right. Well, <laughs> do you uh, do you remember what did you watch the movie? This is way off topic. Sorry. The movie. Uh, what's the what's the draft movie with Kevin? Costner? Draft day. Draft day. What is the what is the card say? Vante Mac, no matter what. Vante Mac, no matter what. I am going to start a new campaign of Rondale Moore, no matter what. <laughs> like I had only read about him. I'm not kidding. Like going into today, like I mentioned his name just because I had read how fast he is and I saw his size and his stats and like, okay, this sounds like a good idea. I just went and watched his highlights in the last break yes. and I am now full speed ahead at Rondell Moore no matter what. So Did get ready see... for me to annoy everybody with that for the next five months. Do yourself months. a favor and watch his highlights against Ohio State. I'm sure that if you just threw up Rondell oh. Moore, Moore Ohio State in your YouTube search bar – you will be thrilled at the idea of him donning a Sabres sweater. He looks like, or a Sabres sweater. He, he looks a like, Bills jersey. He looks like Tyreek Hill. He kind of looks like Tyreek Hill playing football. Like he was I, a big time prospect coming wow. into college. I, I almost think he was a five star. All right, we're gonna have to end the show now because I got to go watch some Rondell Moore highlights. Um, so we'll be back talking plenty of Super Bowl tomorrow at seven o'clock. So come back for that. Thanks everybody for listening tonight. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Sneaky Joe Sports. Brendan is there at Brendan Keeney. This has been the Nightcap here on WGR. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.